I'm sour candy, so sweet, but I get a little angry, yeah. Sour candy, yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm super psycho, something, something, something about when the lights go low. Sour candy, yeah, 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 yeah. Take a bite, take a bite. What, what, so what, so what, Lance? <laughs> That's not how the song goes. We'll, we'll try it again. Take a bite, take a bite. Go, Lance. I don't want to. <laughs> How are we going to be standing sour candy and then not singing the words for the people, baby? <laughs> I stand Black Pink. I don't stand the song. The song is it's the, it's the fire, okay? It's sour candy. <laughs> Bringing you the 52nd episode of the British Soap Podcast from Quarantine. (laughs) I am here with my girl, the Black Pink, to my Lady Gaga, Lindsay. What to do, boo? Hey, how are you? I'm sweet, but I get a little angry. I'm sure you do. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's so goddamn catchy. What are we going to do? <laughs> you know, look, okay, I know you like Blackpink, not necessarily huge Lady Gaga. You know all the words, don't you? Pretty close. I've only listened to it a couple times, no. but pretty close. Okay. I'm pretty good you. remembering words. I think you know every word and you just trying to act like you don't because we record. <laughs> well, you'd be right. <laughs> <laughs> Baby. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the Rid Soap Podcast. We are glad you're here. Hope you are being safe at home. Put on your mask. Lindsay and I live in crazy places where governors have reopened, so cases are going up. I think some of you live in more sane places, so congratulations if you do. Be role models for your community. Don't get this shit and be dealing with the foolishness we got to deal with. That is all my PSA. <laughs> yes. All right, Lens. We starting up old school. You know, I got my questions for you. Ready for number one? Ready for number one. Sharon is the queen of the Vic. How does that make you feel? <laughs> <laughs> Well, her parents were king and queen of the Vic at one point. Hello. So, so bringing it into the family would just, you know, make it all good. Yeah, but, but, all- but what about poor Phil? Well, Phil's a fucking idiot. <laughs> oh, baby. He was, he was, he just knew he had the shit on lock. He was just like, no, Vic, look here. We're going to do this shit today. I don't give a damn about your wife and her feelings. This shit is my mama's legacy. You need the money. We're going to make this shit happen today or it ain't happening. And you're like, okay, cool. Here, come with the new owner. (laughs) Pulling an op-ed from community right here. Cool, 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 cool. (laughs) When I saw Sharon in the pub, 
even though she was with Ian, which made me roll my eyes, I laughed so much. How did you react to that last minute, that uh, concluding EastEnders whodunit with Sharon uh, running the pub? How did you react? Meh. Oh, really? You weren't impressed? No. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> why not, baby girl? We knew she was going to, so why do I need to be impressed? You thought she was going to run that? I didn't think she was. Because I didn't think she had any money. Uh, but obviously, Ian gave it to her, but I was I was shocked. Yeah. It was it was kind of nice, not going to lie, but, you know, what can you do? I, 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 I'm happy that, you know, Linda's getting out of her toxic environment. Yes. But I'm not entirely sure Sharon should go into that environment. But think about it, baby. She's not an alcoholic, right? Like, we have already seen this story play out with Peter on Coronation Street. So I was kind of over, like, the thought that Phil would run it. Because I was like, okay, we, we did this with well, Peter. We knew Phil wasn't going to run it. He was just going to give him the money and give it to Sharon. Right, until uh, she decided she wanted her baby. Yeah, and then he was just like, fucked it. Exactly. That That's why I was like, yeah, I, I wasn't here for Phil running it. Because I'm like, like okay. We've seen this story on Coronation Street done better with Peter. We don't need it again. <laughs> That's like, here's your shit. Get out. Yeah. I'm like, uh, what now? <laughs> I mean, baby, you weren't surprised. I mean, you know, she cheated no. on him with Keanu. I'm like, I think he deserved to be cheated on, but, uh, you know, his feelings, I guess, I understood, but it was still some bullshit. It's like, yeah, I, I get it. And it's going to be another one of those things where it's going to be another three months and he's going to be like, I miss my Sharon. And then he's going to go and, you know. You know, I never thought they were well suited. I thought that Shirley was well suited for him. I mean, you know, the woman loved you enough to shoot you when she pit you pissed her off. That's love. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. 100%. But, but somehow, somehow... Because <laughs> honestly, Sharon's Sharon's man is Grant. Like that's the love story. Sharon and Phil are not good together. That Grant needs to come back and be her man. Period. And it needs to be uh, since Buster's gone, who I liked uh, a lot for Cheryl. Well, might as well go and do Phil and her again, because you know her, Phil, and Ben will get into it. Because Ben killed Hev, and I'm ready for that angry shit to start happening again. Oh yeah. 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 Well, I was shocked and I was pleased. I mean, the show was setting it up. Like, you know, Linda, Linda you being on one side of it, Mick being on the other side, and then people chiming in, just kind of letting, you know, Mick know, yeah, maybe doing it for Phil is not the best. Like, even Callum came in and he's like, yeah, it would be nice if, you know, uh, Phil didn't got got get everything. <laughs> yeah, you got it legally? Oh, do that. <laughs> Yeah, because I, I was just like, make sure it seems ready to have some shady money in his establishment. That ain't going to be cute. <laughs> uh -oh. But now that problem is solved. <laughs> yes, it was. I, I, I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't against that. That was, that was well done. Yes. Agreed. Okay. Now, this second question is going to affect our continued partnership at the British Soap Podcast. Uh, there's no middle ground here, so you're going to have to pick a side 
on recording so all of our listeners can hear and we, we, we just need to see where you stand on this issue and here it is. Jimmy on Emmerdale is mad at middle-aged men named Jay who use gifts. Whose side are you on? Team Jimmy or Team Jay? And I will preface this by saying, preface your answer by saying, I am a middle-aged man who uses gifts. Now, Team Jimmy or Team Jay? You see, my thing is, is I'm also a close to middle-aged person. I'm not going to say man because, you know, that's not the case. But <laughs> I also use a very big amount of gifts and Chris Hardwick will bitch at you because we call them gifts, but they're gifts. <laughs> Whatever the case may be. But in this instance, and you can bitch at me all you want right now because he wasn't in the episodes anyway, so it's not like it matters. Team J. Well, of course. And of course, that's spelled J-A-Y as in me because I use them and we share a name. So, yes, we are on the correct side of this issue. Jimmy, I love you. I don't believe what Nicholas said. You know, people like your homie and more than her, even though she's a queen, too. But you're wrong on this issue. I'm going to keep using my goddamn gifts, okay? (laughs) 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 Shit, I was so mad at Emmerdale. I'm like, why are you attacking me, Emmerdale? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I'm almost 35. I love my kids. That's right, goddammit. Just learning how to use this shit. Do not take my joy now. Do not steal my fucking joy. (laughs) Shucks. All right, everybody. If you have any questions about the British soaps or there was something we did not talk about today that you would have liked us to have discussed, head over to BritishSoapPodcast.tumblr.com to shoot us an ask or hit us up on the Twitterations alt. UK Soap Podcast. All right. So quick housekeeping note, you guys. So since EastEnders has aired its last episode as of now, uh, this will be the last episode that we talk about uh, EastEnders on. Plan going forward is to discuss uh, Emmerdale, uh, Hollyoaks, and new entry, Holby City, which I am very proud of my girl Lindsay for finally watching after I badgered her for like a year <laughs> to watch the show. And now I'm caught up and he's not. Girl, please. I am two episodes behind you and I've got a year on you. So until you have watched the year I have watched, you are not right. Because you missed the goddamn uh, Cabin in the Woods episode that I wanted you to watch. So we could talk. But anyway, so we will be talking about Holby City. <laughs> Holby City, Holly Oaks, and Emmerdale. I'm losing my mind. It's back. Uh, and Emmerdale uh, going forward, uh, starting with the next episode, which we'll be recording in about a month's time. And uh, yeah, we'll just continue to make adjustments uh, from there. Uh, if one of the other soaps goes off the air, uh, we've talked about this soap a couple of times. We'll probably be bringing it back in. That is Days of Our Lives. Um, I know it's now airing in the United Kingdom and uh, here in the States. Uh, NBC is releasing their Peacock app next month which is all NBC shows uh, including Days of Our Lives so we're going to be playing catch up with that uh, soap and uh, talking about that because it was like four years ahead so there'll be 792,000 episodes to talk about so (laughs) 
I haven't watched since I moved out here. Yes, and that's that's cool, but. I haven't watched in a long time either, so it'll be good to catch up. Uh, you know my favorite soap writer, Ron Calavati, writes that show, and I know that there's good stuff coming, like Will and Sonny leaving. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. So I can't wait <laughs> to see that. Uh, but anyway, that's how we're going to keep the show going monthly um, as the COVID crisis is doing its thing. So hope you guys rock with us. That is that. Um, we are going to, let's see here, let's start off today, I think let's let's keep it on uh, Emmerdale, because um, what we did for today's show is we just focused on watching uh, the Emmerdale lockdown episodes. I will say I was kind of disappointed that the show resumed filming. Um, because this crisis is ongoing and I did not think the risk to staff and actors was worth it. Um, However, I will say I'm very proud of the product. Um, It's the first soap, it's the first show that I've watched post-pandemic that has actually addressed the pandemic and I think they did an excellent job. So um, uh, for my frustrations and concerns, I think what they put together was really, really good. So we're going to focus on Emmerdale now. We're just talking about the lockdown episodes today, uh, but when we come back next month, uh, we will talk about all the previous episodes and then those that air after uh, kind of continued. So uh, baby girl, let's, let's throw it to you because I've been running my mouth for a couple minutes. Uh, let's start with, uh, before we get to, you know, what the hell scenes of the week, what were your thoughts about uh, the episodes overall? I thought they were really good. Um, a couple of episodes made me like a, pati- a couple particular characters more than I normally wouldn't give two shits about. Um, they really went through the ringer with some of them, and some of them had happy endings. Some of them had ominous endings. Um, it's just like it kind of all depends on how you see it. It, it, they were all really, really good. It was hard for me to find things that were wrong with them. Agreed. Yeah, I, I have like (laughs) two, two, two bad things, partially bad things that really aren't much of anything. And then everything else is seen. Everything else is really good. Agreed. Totally agree. (laughs) All right. Well, start us off, baby girl. What what the hells did you have? What's your first what the hell from Emmerdale Lockdown? Aaron's still constant obsession with how Robert is feeling in prison. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> same. I have the same shit down. <laughs> you see, that entire episode was really good. And then, like, two seconds into it, you see <laughs> the letter, and I'm like, fuck. <laughs> Here we go, and then they spend the rest of it digging up the house for this fucking letter <laughs> that Kane's just like, oh, look what I found. And and then there's the opposite side of the coin, which is still a what the hell, and it's Kane's hard-headedness about whenever Moira's name comes up in conversation. <laughs> So that was probably my least favorite episode with my favorite character in it. <laughs> uh, okay. It was it was good. 
but it was my least favorite of the six. Yeah, I'm going to totally disagree with you on that. That that was definitely not my my least favorite of the six. Um, I'd have to give that to Marlon and Al episode because you got oh. Al, who is new. You got Recast Brother, who is new. I do like him now. I, I like him a lot more now. But, you know, I like the guy who played him before. Uh, and then you got Marlon, who's a king, but he's with new people. And I just thought that, did, that wasn't totally the best. But uh, I share your frustration. Uh, with regards to the Robert Angle of the episode. Because this is what kind of annoyed me. So I went in order initially. So we started with Lydia and um, we started with Lydia and Sam. And then I went over to uh, Aaron and Kane. I think, I can't remember the, the king that wrote that episode for Lydia and Sam. I uh, want to mess up his name. I want to say Simon Ashdown, something or other. But the guy who does all the excellent episodes. So he wrote the Lydia and Sam episode. And what I thought was interesting was they didn't mention coronavirus once. Like they didn't mention the word coronavirus once in the entire episode. I was kind of waiting for it. The first mention we got of coronavirus was Aaron saying to Kane he'd heard about coronavirus in prisons and he was concerned that Robert got it. I was like, oh my God, to the television. Like, seriously? Seriously? <laughs> like, oh my God. I just, I, this, this, this show, acting like Robert was a better love interest to Aaron than fucking Jackson, it is a stain on this goddamn show. <laughs> Like okay, I had more of a. I would have had more of a thing if you said something along the line of if Jackson were here to see this. I mean, <laughs> come on, baby. I mean, we are celebrating the guy who. I mean, it's like I'm the only person on earth who remembers this. Robert tried to set up Aaron for Katie's murder. He killed that heifer, then calls Aaron and leaves the scene trying to set him up. I think how it played out is he ended up going back last minute or some shit. But, like, that guy, the the show is acting like is the end-all, be-all. But the guy who ended up being a paraplegic because he was in a fight with Aaron over love, right? Like. That like it's like he's a ghost. It never existed. Like no, it was ridiculous. So yeah, I love Kang. Kang could do no wrong. When Kang hit that red, I said yes, Kang. <laughs> that shit. I was, like, I, I, I was I was all for Kang. Yes, God. Until that last flipping scene. You know, I'm, I, I will say this. It seems like that episode closed the book on Aaron and Robert because Aaron seems ready to move on. I think they gave some line, there was some line in the episode about him recognizing this time to move on. So, hey, if we had to suffer one more bullshit moment with uh, Robert so we could never hear about him again, but fine with me. (laughs) So We we just need to figure out what's going to happen between Kane and Moira because he's turning into a lovesick puppy with the weirdest Corona hair I've ever seen. It was so cute. Yeah, it was cute. But yeah, I mean, what? They love each other. They're going to get back together. <laughs> he had his bangs down. He has, like, longer hair. I was just like, uh, yeah. <laughs> we need to see Kane and Myra re- re- reunited. You know, we both love them on this show. We both hate them being broken up. So yeah, it's time. It's enough. They've been broke up long enough. Get them back together today. <laughs> 
I have to see him with a boombox with a tape one more time, I think I'm going to knock his head and do a big I want wall. them to jump forward after all this corona crap is over, and their jump forward needs to show those two married and back living in the farm together. That's what I need. <laughs> yeah. Enough with the bullshit. <laughs> it's been long enough. <laughs> yes. Did you have any other what the hell's for the lockdown? It's, it's, it's hard. I think that was the only one that really truly bothered me okay that is quite all right but but i mean like like you like you said the al marlon and and who is his face episode mm -hmm. that wasn't high on my list of favorites either mostly because of what you said well, listen, so I only have one other what the hell, and it involves those two characters, so that was perfect transition. So my uh, other what the hell involves Marlon, Al, and Ellis. So Marlon was sitting on a couch, and Ellis was there and was bitching to Marlon about Al. Um, it actually made sense, I thought, at that point in the episode, because during most of the episode, Marlon had been pretty tough on Al, and I think justifiably so, because Al was obviously not vibing in that house as well as the other two were. But so Ellis finally gets on board, and he's just like, you know, dissing his dad, and then, you know, just, just talking about all the negative things that he'd done. And then Marlon just bust out, do you know how I got my house? Ellis was like, yeah. no. And he's like, well, it was a fraud. I committed fraud, and it's it's horrible, and all people do bad things. And I was just like, hey, 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 hold on, hold on. Is Emmerdale really trying to make it out that because of that whole situation with Barlotta Eli back in the day, him and Al are equal? Are and Exactly, and so... Ellis shouldn't be mad with his shady dad, who you know was going to go and murder Graham for money. Like, I mean, when did, when did Marlon conspire to murder somebody for money? Huh? When did he let somebody sit in prison knowing they ain't committing no crime? Huh? Like, let's talk about equivalence. I, I just thought that was weird. I'm like, why do they? Why do they do this? <laughs> I like that they brought some history up, like for history from the show rather than, you know, Aaron and his, oh my God, I hope Robert's okay nonsense. Right. But I think they went about it wrong. Yes. <laughs> I, I think if they were going to do it the way they did, they could they could have still told that story, but they could have told it in a less chip way. Like, yeah. you want yeah, but, you know, I kind of liked that bit because you don't really get to hear much about the history and stuff of the families anymore. And you just like, oh, hey, Eli was mentioned. That's cool. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was just like, yeah. Yeah, it just, I mean, if Marlon had had a different reaction after bringing that up, I think it would have been fine, but... Yeah, it was just it was just a strange choice. So because the episodes were all so good, that stood out as the particular like, huh? <laughs> like what are they doing right now? Yeah. A, a curveball curve of what Weirdness. the hell? Yeah. So yeah. 
That that's why I'm calling that out. But really, yeah, that was the only other one for me, you know. So, well, let's shift it and talk about the good stuff, baby. What's the first scene of the week you have for Emmerdale Lockdown? The entire Patty Chaz episode. Yes, God. I loved. Uh, you see, that was the one that I said kind of ended on a little bit of a quote-unquote sour note. Because all the rest of them had big, smiley, happy endings. And then you see Chaz, and at the end of that episode, she starts with this smile on her face. And you see Patty kind of going off on his own and kind of pretending she isn't there but knows that she's there. Mm -hmm. And there's just, like, this distance between them, even though they've been trying to get together and, you know work together through the entire lockdown thing and it's like as soon as the lockdown ends they're gonna go back to their to their I will do this thing and you will do this thing and they're very seldom even together and when they are it's fighting over the baby or or stressing out over something and it's just like it's it's kind of sad but at the same time there was a lot of fun elements to that episode as well so (laughs) like like the like the workout section yes god patty is me (laughs) (laughs) chaz was too hyper (laughs) no you're gonna do five one, two, three. No, pick that back up. You're going to do five. And then you're going to move on to the next one. And then fake an injury so you don't have to do it. <laughs> they were cute. That that, yeah, that entire episode was absolutely wonderful. You know, um, maybe they're doing this on purpose. I think because they have such a good chemistry together, uh, being romantic and being the comic couple. I think this may be why the show is throwing so much drama at them because, you know, they got dead baby number one. Then you've got the second child after, you know, Patty, uh, you know, leaves the child in the car because he's concerned about Marlon's health at the hospital. Uh, there's been this rift that Emmerdale has been exploiting. So now you've got Chaz in some scenes alone with the baby after all this happens, telling everybody everything is cool, but then saying to the baby, I'm going to make sure that nobody ever uh, leaves you ever again, right? So they're they're really, you know, playing with this tension between uh, Chaz and Patty and his child. And, you know, Patty's alone with the child getting frustrated because, you know, the baby doesn't seem to be vibing with uh, him in the way that he would like. So if at the end of this it gives us a stronger Chaz and Patty, I'll be happy. Because, goddammit, how many years do we have to wait for them to get together? All this time. We do I'm not like, need them broken up in five minutes. Like, the first time, or the first time I watched the show, mm-hmm. they were together. Mm-hmm. And then they were apart for a long-ass time. Yeah. And now they're back together again. And they're trying to, you know... Yeah, I, I, I don't think I could... I don't think I could take that. Yeah, they're perfection. They should have been together forever. Like, Chaz... Patty, Aaron, part of that show. So they need to, you know, be the center and let everything revolve around them because they they have been the king, king, the king, queen, and prince of that show forever. So yeah, they just need to make it happen. Just let this be a little bump in the road, but then I need them together forever because they got that baby. They need to raise it together. We need to see Aaron grow up, live, grow up. I wanted an hour, no bullshit. <laughs> I need my couple together. <laughs> yeah. Yes. 
But yes, agree with you on the ending, but overall, love that episode. That was the last one I watched because that is my favorite couple, and I wanted to see how they uh, got it together, um, and I thought it was fantastic. And then my last hour was watching Jimmy Nicola and Chaz Patty, all my favorites, perfection all in an hour. So, yeah. But anyway, this is your time, baby. What other season of the week did you have? <laughs> well, a lot of the time... I diss on both of these characters on a massive level. But I liked Mandy and Vinny's episode. It oh, was yeah. one of my favorite it was one of my favorite episodes. Agreed. It was ranked number two or three in the episode choice if I had to do a countdown of my favorite episodes of the show. Chaz and Patty being number one. Mm-hmm. And it's a fight between Nicola and Jimmy and these two for the second one. Mm-hmm. Because you learned a lot of stuff about Mandy that she probably wouldn't have said to anybody else except Vinny. Right. Like how she can't have babies anymore. And Vinny is keeping trying to text his dad, but he learns his phone's down the toilet, and he's doing PPE for hospitals and being a hero, and he's freaking out, but he's happy he's doing it. And that I got you, babe, at the end was glorious. Uh, can and Vinny sing or what? He can, man. Yes. <laughs> and I was just like, I was just like, I was sitting there. That episode made me cry. So I'm surprised it's not higher up. But it it was just amazing. Yeah. I, I, I hate man I hate Mandy as character and I'm you know, warming up to Vinny a little bit. So it's not, you know, that he's not like a terrible character, but he's not one of my favorite characters either. I'm warming up to him, but seeing those two together locked up in the in the salon by themselves, it's just like, yeah, like like uh, <laughs> Mandy re- reading Layla's letter from the dock in his <laughs> that <accent>. voice. <laughs> <laughs> and that voice was just wonderful. I. I like I said, it was hard to find anything really wrong with these episodes other than the few big ones that we brought up. So it's like I have mine are mostly just the episodes because of what they do that they wouldn't normally do on the show itself. Yeah. Agreed. So you and I, I guess we disagree a little bit about Mandy and Vinny. Uh, agree with you totally on episode perfection. Can't complain about Jack. But I love the characters. So, but let me say this. Um, I saw Mandy and Vinny initially when they were introduced. So I liked them both immediately. This is back when um, uh, I thought Vinny, and the show was playing up, that Vinny was uh, Patty's son with Mandy. And actually, even, yes. even with what happened during this episode... I wish that's the route that the show had gone because we would I feel like we would have gotten so much more mileage out of Mandy, Vinny, Patty, Chaz and the conflict that would come there. I think there would be so much more mileage out of that than this foolishness that we got with Vinny having some random ass daddy, right? (laughs) He got like three episodes with his dad in and then he 
fan off or whatever. I'm just like, I, yeah, that's that's a waste of time. She she just needs to find out she got, I don't know, she had a drunken one night stand, forgot to slip a pad, and that's his son. Like, I, I will forgive a stupid reason to make that pad his son at this point. But no, I just feel like both act, actors are excellent. Uh, that little Vinny dude came in strong from the jump. They they made him so much like Patty, and I love Patty. So I was just like, first time I saw him, I was like, is this Patty's kid? Like, I think the characterizations is, is excellent. The downside is, now I'll say there was a gap between the time that I watched them, because I think, I don't know why I wasn't watching the whole show, but I missed a little bit. No, I think there was a break and then they came back. But I missed some of the Mandy stuff where she was more, I guess, manipulative. Uh, but during that first stint, I loved them. It's been a little weird watching them since uh, they're not tied to Patty anymore. But I still think, you know, Mandy and Vinny are great actors. And that uh, that scenario, that, that episode, kind of drove that point home. So, uh, but yeah, they're great. Love them both. And Vinny can sing. That's thumbs it's up. Like, yeah, like, it was hard to find just specific scenes when they build up, like, right in the middle to some big revelation every time. Yeah. So it's just like, my scenes of the week are the middle of every episode. (laughs) Well, my my scenes of the week are uh, an episode and a couple scenes in a couple episodes. So let me jump to this really quickly. So the shocker for me, the absolute shocker was uh, me loving the Sam and Lydia episode of Emmerdale. I love Sam. Long-term listeners of this show may know that. I haven't been so good with Lydia. Um, Number one, I like Sam with Rachel. I'm still not over, you know, Emmerdale breaking them up. And I didn't like how Lydia treated her you know, newfound mom, so that taught me. And then Zach screaming, you ain't Lisa. Like, me always seeing her in Lisa's house. Like, that moment was like, yes, God, get her out. But... In the hands of Simon Ashdown, who wrote that first uh, lockdown episode uh, for those two, as soon as I saw his name pop on the screen, I was like, oh, this might actually be good. And I was totally right. Like, in that episode, so much was said that I know has been said in my own household uh, regarding coronavirus, you know, things like, Babe, what the hell you mean you're going to the store in the middle of a damn pandemic? No, I will go to the store, you stay home, you stay safe, right? Things like, my dad is 60 years old, what the hell is he doing walking outside? He better walk his ass around the house, you know what I'm saying? Like, and then, can we talk a minute about Sam's outfit when he went outside, his his protective outfit? Like, <laughs> protective gear. The perfection, you know what I'm saying? Has that suit made a very <laughs> Like, in those 30 minutes, Simon Ashdown captured the fear that we have, you know, living under quarantine, the love that we show to our loved ones, you know, being concerned about their health, you know, making sacrifices ourselves to take care of them, and showing some of the stress that comes in being around, uh, you know, someone you love, right, for a long period of time. Like, just, just there was just so much perfection in the writing of that episode. So I, I was not expecting that, uh, but I think that it was just a fabulous episode um, all around. How'd you take it, Lance? I liked it too. 
I, I have to say, again, not one of my favorites. It, it's on the second half of my six, but it, uh, it encapsulates everything that, you know, everybody should be feeling right now. And which, in my case, in my state, that's not the case. Hmm. But, but it's just like, you see, like, she went to the store and she's just like, I went and got a click, I got a click and go or click and pick up. I don't care. I'm supposed to go to the store. I'm supposed to protect you. And she's like. And she's like, I can take care of myself too, Sam. I'm I'm not an invalid, and you know it's you you see the you see the tension of being locked up with the same person forever in a day. It's it, it, it believe me, it's difficult doing it by yourself too. <laughs> Yeah. But it's just like you, you, you see the arguments and the flare-ups and the stuff like that. And I was still wishing that there was a charity one, but there wasn't a charity one. That would have been a good one to watch, too. Yes, but She got a couple mentions there. But listen, Simon Ashdown just did an excellent show. You know, yeah. I feel like whenever it's when there's a character that you really don't have a positive opinion of and a writer can come in and make them interesting and make you more sympathetic to them, that's that's a mark of, of excellent writing. And I think it was definitely on showcase in that episode. Um, I also want to point out a moment that I didn't expect in the Marlon Al episode. So, uh, yeah, I mean, of course it's, you know, Al revealing that he was an orphan, you know, and he was a, I think he said something to the effect of he was a black kid adopted by a white family who was cool with him until he grew up enough to kind of start questioning things. Then they didn't want him anymore. Then he was thrown back into the orphanage. So I didn't know that about him. Um, I guess that makes me understand his squinting a little bit more. Uh, but it was, it was a touching, interesting moment. Um, and I kind of uh, hope Emmerdale has more moments like that for him. Um, I feel like the show doesn't know what to do with Al, <laughs> so they just got him doing random things. Like him and Priya, I think, are weird. I preferred him with Kim. Yeah, but he was, not a fan of that either. Yeah, he was, he was kind of, I thought him and Kim would be fire, but he's been a little weird there, so I don't know what they're doing. But in that moment, I was like, Okay, you are interesting for a moment. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, what did you think? Did you think the same, boo? I, I thought that was an amazing scene. Yeah. He's, he's just, like, I thought that there was going to be something brought up when he's actually talking to Marlon and they're having this fight. And then there's this part where he's just standing at the back door and says, don't don't make me lose Ellis too, yeah. or something along that line. And I'm like, there's something up with him. And then when he said that, I'm like, oh, that kind of makes sense now a little bit, because because you you see throughout the throughout the episode that until Ellis finally gets his head out of his ass. He's droopy and sad and depressed, and then by the end of the episode, he's giving he's giving Marlon crossword puzzles with weird body 
parts and stuff on it that Ellis doesn't have, and they're both giggling like little girls. I'm just like, they 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 worked through. <laughs> I doubt it's gonna be for like that for much longer, but yeah, you know, they 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 worked out their or they're working out their issues and everything, and maybe you know their lives won't suck. <laughs> Tell. Oh. Yep. So, my last uh, scene of the week is actually uh, a few moments from the the Kane and Aaron saga, uh, starting at the beginning, where Kane was furious at Aaron, and you could see Aaron was working really hard to calm him down because the puppy Monopoly piece was missing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought it was so goddamn cute. I'm like, ah, oh, Kate is really not out here tripping because he can't play the goddamn puppy on Monopoly. And then I thought, no, it's Kane. He totally could. <laughs> it was hilarious. And then, uh, you know, Aaron's just checking in with him, trying to see if he's good with, uh, with, uh, you know, what's going on with Myra. And Kane's just snapping at him. Like, look here, let me just set some ground rules with you. First of all, we're not going to be doing any that touchy-feely emotion bullshit. So, no emotions. And then Aaron's like, anger is an emotion. <laughs> I was like, anger is an emotion. <laughs> I said, you get him, Aaron. <laughs> and then the last little moment was, uh, Kane looking at Aaron like, so what you going to do when I'm out today, homie? And he's like, oh, you know, read some books. And then they both bust out laughing. And then Kane <laughs> leaves the house. And then later pops up and he's playing his zombie game. His zombie game. He is straight up being a gamer. And then he sees Kane at the door. And then what's he do? Turn off the video game real quick. Pick up a book. Hold it upside down. Kane walks in. Ah, you're reading an upside down book, huh? Yeah, it would be better if it was right side up. I just thought that was great. Because what do we see? We see Aaron in tragedy. Aaron crying. Aaron angry over this, that, and the other. What do we see? Cain being a tough guy. Cain angry. Cain mad. What do we not see too much? We don't see the anger of Cain because of Monopoly piece. The cute little daughter of him that used to call him, uh, the granddaughter of him that used to call him grumpy all the time has been aged up. So we don't get any more cute grumpy and Aaron, you know, grumpy Grumpy Kane scenes with his cute little grandbaby. So who is the new center for that? Aaron. So Aaron is bringing out some of those lighter moments in Kane. So another reason I'm glad that Robert is gone is because Kane and Aaron are living together and every moment of that partnership has been fantastic. So I love it. Yeah, it's been pretty flipping awesome, man. Yes, totally love it. All right, darling, let's shift gears and take things over to Albert the Square. There were a number of what the hell's on that front. <laughs> let's start us off, baby girl. Complete and utter opposite. Yes, what's your first what the hell for East Dundles? All right. So, they go through the trouble of not setting up Peter and Dottie. Just to set up Peter and Dottie for two episodes. I mean. And break them up because... Ian is setting up her arrest. <laughs> for what reason? 
which was a gorgeous thing to watch. Not get, don't get me wrong. Wait, 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 Huh? What, was, what part was gorgeous to watch? I, I don't like Dottie. I don't like oh, Peter. Oh, hell no. Uh, 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 we about to fight. Uh, uh, uh. My queen Dottie being arrested <laughs> was not gorgeous. It was a travesty. And I wish she would have went straight to Sharon and turned that little son bitch in <laughs> to the cops. <laughs> Listen, I will say, I hated Dottie at first. But what makes me like Dottie is her coming for Ian because Ian is fucking trash and she knows what she, he did and she has been getting over on him. And I think it's fantastic because he's not paying for anything. He's too fucking cocky. He's up in Sharon's face, got Sharon in his house knowing he is responsible for the death of her son. And he's done this before. He fucking knew his kid killed uh, his daughter and he let Ma- Max's ass sit in jail for a year. Ian is fucking trash. And then he's walking around that square like he's the fucking man and shit. But that is like, no, bitch, you trash. And I'm going to tell everybody, you trash. I just wish that could have happened before the goddamn lockdown because th- th- this is like, I, d- I don't like this whole bullshit where Ian is getting over on her. He is almost a goddamn murderer. Like, what the fuck? So, well, he technically kind of is for leaving him there, but that's beside the point. No, I shouldn't say that. I do like Daddy a little bit because of that. But I hate recast Peter so much. They could do so much better for her. Like, she should be with cute little Indian boy. Oh, I wouldn't mind that. I would not be against that. Because those two get along very well, even though they're kind of like drug-dealing partners. But they're still, you know, they're still closer than... They're closer than her and Peter are. And you know, baby, I, I don't know the ages. Like, I, I'll read everybody on that show. It was a 20-something. So, like, this whole thing where... Uh, Peter was telling Bobby that Dottie was too old for him. I was like, what the fuck? They're like, they've got to be the same age in real life or somewhere near. But I actually like Dottie with uh, Bobby. So I actually need to back up. It, it, I, I think that her blackmail of Ian came after the interest in Bobby. Um, but I, the, the, there were some moments between Bobby and um, uh, her first. And I really like that connection between yeah. Dottie and Bobby. So... I, because uh, when she was introduced, I they just had to be a messy, and I didn't like that. But the Bobby and her thing softened her up. So first, I think it was her and Bobby, and then when she started coming for Ian, like I just was like, she, this girl's everything. So yeah, I really like her. And even <laughs> one of the recent episodes where she came home after getting arrested, and uh, Sonya's trying to get in her face, and she's like, first of all, you ain't my mama thief. I'm just like. <laughs> Yeah. You call it sis. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, yep, yep, we're good. <laughs> yeah, oh gosh. All right, baby, what else, what, what else you got? My second one came from one of the more recent episodes, or technically two if you want to get technical. Uh, Whitney kisses Gray. Oh, God. And Gray... Comes out and, you know, says, I'm sorry to tell you this, it's not going to be a good idea for Whitney to come over anymore. I think because of the fact that we've been so close for so long, or for this past, you know, few weeks, that she's developed feelings for me. And that's happened before 
I'm a, you know, pretty good looking guy. <laughs> and, and, and she kissed me. And then Chantel, who's been abused by this guy for almost the entire time she's been on this show, yeah. goes ape shit about it. Yeah. And then goes and tells, and then goes and tells Whitney that she forgives her for doing it, but she doesn't want to be her friend anymore because she kissed her husband. I'm like, you go kiss Carrot or whatever his name is, and we'll be even. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Like, it's, it, it was sad to watch that because she's quick to confront a woman for kissing her abusive husband but she isn't quick to get out of that abusive situation. And I actually or, wish... Oh, And that, that's exactly what I was just about to say, baby. I wish that moment would have turned into her revealing her abuse and saying something like, Gray isn't the man who you think he is. Because, because we had checked out of EastEnders at this time. I didn't realize that uh, Lee had hit Whitney and that was part of the split of their relationship. So I think a conversation between those two um, about her getting away from a situation that was abusive, not to mention all the sexual abuse that Whitney has gone through, um, you know, I think that could be a catalyst for Chantel. But you know, right now that show is you know committed to keeping her in that relationship long term, Chantel, and it's just it, everything around it is just very sad. So I agree with you, baby. That just killed me when I saw how angry she got. And I'm like, what the, the, you get angry, which is understandable. Yeah. He's your, or he's your husband. I'd be mad if that were the case too. But he explained himself, and he was actually freaked out, which isn't something that you see very often. You normally see him angry. You don't normally see him freaked out. And she just, like, burst out of there and ran to that cafe next day and said, fuck you for kiss kissing my husband, stay away from me, and then burst out again. I'm like... <laughs> and you know, I wonder, baby, I, I'm, I'm sitting here as you're talking, thinking, you know, perhaps the, you know, I wish the response that she would have had was concern for Whitney's safety. But, yeah. And then I was going to say, you know, maybe what if that's what she was doing, like, preventing Whitney from ending up like her. But then she said, like, no, he works for you, so that's the only that's the nature of that relationship. So yeah, I don't I don't know, but it's just what East Sanders is doing with that storyline is just weird. And um yeah. Whitney needs some sunshine in her life. Like she has been abused on that show for fifty trillion years. It's enough. We get it. She's sad. She can do sad. Can you give her a nice man, please? <laughs> like yeah. she does not need to be kissing on an abusive man. Like that's no. It's no. <laughs> The show is dark enough. <laughs> like we need some happiness and yes. joy in our lives. And <laughs> well, that character in particular does. Yeah. You know what I'm Lee and Whitney were great until uh, Sean O'Connor ruined them. <laughs> so yeah, but yeah. Yes, we need more light, baby. Um, what other scenes of the week did you have for Easton Dawes? Oh, sorry. Well, what the hell? But uh. I'm sick of Keegan still getting the short end of the stick for stuff. Yeah. Because, yes, he put a video up of, you know, stuff that happened. Yes, he gets a whole bunch of, you know, 
plus feedback. But then Jack finds out about it and flipping yells at him. And then he takes the video down. And Keegan gets all mad. And because Jack is... He's essentially putting out his anger on Jack, on his wife, and saying, sorry, y'all, I'm leaving with my mom, and you're not coming with me, because, quote, I need some space. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, Keegan was full of shit. Like, Keegan is number one on my what the hell least list. I actually have him there twice, and you just mentioned both reasons. So, uh, first of all, Keegan releasing that tape was bullshit. Like, that was absolute bullshit. You know, I've, I've been saying for weeks, EastEnders did an excellent job of, like, setting up the frustrations that black men face uh, dealing with, uh, you know, police. You know, we're living in a country where black men are being murdered by police and getting away with it. Many uprisings across the damn globe are in support of lives of guys that look like me, right? So I feel like Easterns has good, done a good job setting that up. Keegan's uh, reaction, that, that, that's where he's losing me. Because what happens? So Keegan knows that he, well, he thinks he didn't push this cop first, right? So what ends up happening is Jack jeopardizes his job to get from the police station a copy of the tape that shows what actually happened in a situation where Keegan ended up uh, you know, clashing with this cop. And what happened was somebody from behind Keegan pushed him into the cop, which yep. made the cop think Keegan hit him first, and so that's why the situation happened. So we ain't going to be showing no mass love to cops. There's a lot of crooked cops out there. But for the purposes of this situation, it it, justif it showed that Keegan was justified, Dick was correct in his stance that he didn't do anything wrong. Uh, I yep. do think Jack should have been on his side from the jump, like his wife was, I mean, like Denise was, like Tiff was. Um, but, you know, he's a cop, so it, it makes sense that he was a little skeptical, right? But here's, here's, here's how you handle that situation. So Jack has told you, this is the only copy of this. I'm not supposed to be showing this to you. I'm going to need to take it back. If you are concerned that someone is going to destroy that evidence, here is what you do. Make a fucking copy. How hard is it for you to take a goddamn video file copy the shit, paste it to your hard drive, and give the original back to fucking Jack. If his ass was concerned that that goddamn thing was going to go missing, he could have put that shit on his OneDrive, his Google Drive, uploaded yep. it, kept it private, let everything come out in the courts, not jeopardize Jack's job, not jeopardize his own situation, and then be, be, be done with it and let the truth be out. And if the tape came up missing... Then he could put that shit on the internet. I mean, this is soap opera. How many times on soap opera since the beginning of soap opera time, back in the day it was a videotape. I have a videotape yep. of you having an affair with this woman. Oh, and you can destroy this one if you want. I got copies, okay? Now, we live in a world, you know what I'm saying, baby? We live in a world today where making a copy of some shit is as easy as kicking copy on a computer and pasting it to your goddamn computer, right? And yep. Keegan has decided to upload the shit to fucking YouTube 
so he could get fucking likes, so he could be a fucking what? World star influencer? Hey, look, y'all, I told y'all, I ain't pushed that dirty cut. Like, dude, like, what the fuck? Like, that, that is that is so fucked up. So what's he doing? So now, the, the situation is, now he's got Jack, who was a cop that stuck his neck out for a black man who was going to be an ally to a black man because he saw the truth of what happened. Now Keegan fucked it up. Like all the, all the justified anger Keegan had up until that point, he destroyed when he released that fucking tape for no goddamn reason, but because yeah. he wanted random people who don't fucking know him to give him a like or tell him he was cool. And then, I don't think it was Jack. I think the way the story played out, it wasn't Jack that took the, the, the video down. It was the police station. It was his job. Because, again, they knew that shit shouldn't have been released. So I think it was like some administrator that took that shit down. And I think that kind of thing happens in real life. You know, you put some false shit on YouTube, you send whoever a message, you get a copyright infringement and the shit is gone, right? But yeah. and Keegan is so fucking stupid. He didn't have a copy of that shit, so he couldn't just upload the shit himself. Like I was just like, ooh, I was so. Can you tell I was pissed about this story? Like, <laughs> just, like, Mitch had something to say about it. He was like, "Dude, are you sure that was the way to go about it? Because stupid. now you're pretty much jeopardizing your future." Exactly. And he flat out said that. And coming from Mitch, of all people, it's just like, because uh, you, got, you got his mom there who is on his side, and he's like, good on you. And then Mitch is sitting there taking the stance of everybody who's thinking he's flat out stupid. And him for once. Just think about it, babe. Like, I, I think my reaction to this, because listen, I'm a black man in this world. I recognize the realities of this world, right? You got a fucking cop ally and you're going to piss him off so they hate us more. Like, I'm, I just, that was, that EastEnders fucked up on that one. That was stupid. Like, and, and then, like you said, what is the result? So now, because Keegan is blackity black black man hurt by all the hatred of the black people even the hatred he inflicts upon himself by fucking over a cop for no goddamn reason now keegan has decided to deal with his uh recently raped wife by shunning her right so you know chick who was just raped you know five minutes ago in soap opera time oh keegan is so black and hurt he, he has to get away from his raped wife because, listen, my blackness trumps your being raped. So, you know, we're, I'm not going to talk about, you know, your rape. I'm, I'm just, I'm I'm just going to totally forget that that's, you know, part of the reason we fell in love. You know, I'm trying to be a good man, show you that men are cool. But no, no, baby, I, I'm sorry. I can't think about you and the fact that you were recently raped and you're trying to love a black man who's being a dumbass because... I need space. The man needs space. So, woman, just fucking deal with it. I'm going to be as trash as my dad, and I'm just going to leave you, raped wife, uh, just to, you know, do my own thing. Because, you know, fuck your rape. I'm black. I, 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 fucking up. Keegan and Tiffany have been perfect. Perfection. This storyline was going perfectly. Perfectly. And then these last couple of weeks, I'm just like, what the fuck are y'all doing? They need to fix it. They're, this- they're, they're, making, they're making him the butt of the earth. They're making him the Black Lives Matter kid. But it's, but it's dumb. They're, they're making him the dumb Black Lives Matter kid. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's the case. You do not see anybody else on his show get, you know, 
except for that one time where middle Indian guy mm -hmm. got arrested with Keegan. But for every week for the past, like, month and a half, you see Keegan get arrested for something else. Mm -hmm. And at some point, I think it might, at the rate they're going, and the... Yeah, I, I hope they don't go the route I think they're going to go with it and make it really dark and nasty, it's but I, I'm getting, I'm getting, they, they, they ruined one of my favorite couples on the show yeah. with this storyline that no reason. way back when. I'm, I'm done. I'm over it. Yeah. If he gets, ends up getting arrested again, I, I'm just going to fast forward anything, Keegan. But you know, baby, it's a quick fix. All they have to do is, listen, the last episode we saw, Keegan was trying to play, pull that, I'm too black, mama, you need to get, mama, I'm in your house, but you need to get your white ass out of my space because I'm a black man and I'm being black and I need space to be black. And his mama was like, boy, bye. <laughs> and how did that scene end? <laughs> he put his head on his mama and chilled the fuck out, right? So there is a quick fix for this. When this virus bullshit is done, when EastEnders is back in production, they need to have Keegan apologize to Tiffany, and we speak no more of this foolishness. <laughs> like, we can bring up the Black Lives Matter stuff, but he needs to start explaining to Tiffany the experience of being black so we can get the explanations. The brooding shit, we've had enough of it. It's done. He, yeah. There's no more loving, there's no more leaving Tiffany. They got married, bitches. Be fucking married. No, we're not breaking up after five minutes. This ain't your girlfriend, that's your wife. Make it happen. <laughs> you don't pull a Hollyoaks. Yeah, baby. And the same thing with Hollyoaks. Lily and Prince got married. Exactly. Yeah, they were great too. And then they broke up over some bullshit. Like again, baby. Like I feel like Lily, but that's beside the point. And I'm bringing up the rape thing because that was recent, right? So yeah, that was, I don't, I don't yeah. give a damn how much you're going through in your life. If the person that you love was raped, you are gonna get over yourself and be there for that person. Like, I know the experience of being black in America, right? Like, I know the experience of being black and being concerned about the cops coming to you. Like, even with the little bit of pressure Keegan has got, look, like, it's been a month and a half for him. Like, for some brothers in this fucking world, it's like two, three, four years of this shit. Every yeah. week, every it's, other it's week, right? All the time. So, for Keegan to be acting this wild, when it's been like two fucking months, I'm like, bitch, shut the fuck up. Like, go home to your wife and love your wife and stop all this bullshit. Like, you are not facing real shit. You ain't dead. <laughs> You've been arrested. You gonna be alright. <laughs> okay, I'm mean, just calm the fuck down. So yeah, um, I'm I'm done with this. I need them back to love, and I'm I'm going to take it as a hopeful sign that our last scene of him on screen was him with his head on Karen's head, chilling out. I need that vibe from now on. We're keeping. <laughs> <laughs> I need loving from my mom. That's right. <laughs> I'm so glad she didn't leave. <laughs> She's been great. I I you know I've been on the fence. I loved her. At first, when she was the mama of Jay's little pedophile girlfriend, <laughs> whatever, I, it took me a while to warm to her, but I love her as Karen now. Yeah. Yeah, she's excellent. Yes, yes. Okay. 
Thing number two. What the hell number two? Why the fuck would Cush and Shirley admit in front of a fucking nurse that they poisoned Jean? That they fell with the poisoning gene for the past month. Like, why you're saying this to a nurse? Y'all know they're gonna have to report that shit. Like, what the fuck are you doing, <laughs> right? And it was just fortunate that uh, what's her name, uh, Ikra, Ikra's Ikra. little girlfriend, was there yeah. to stop them from get stop that shit from going to the cops, right? But I yeah. was like. Why did EastEnders have that? Both of them are smarter than that. You know, maybe Kush is not. Cheryl is smarter than that. <laughs> <laughs> so much smarter than that. Yes. How do you feel about Jean's reaction to them making her take her meds when she was acting like a fool? Like, the one pill is what you're supposed to give. One pill a day or, like, one pill every 12 hours or something. So it's just like when he started doing that, I was just like, ah, oh, come on. <laughs> you don't know the exact dosage of what's needed. You don't know how she takes them. You don't know when she takes them. You can't just go putting random pills in her stuff every time she eats and drinks. Yeah, I do agree that that part was stupid. That was the thing was he didn't just give her two pills a day. Right. She he put a pill in everything that he that she drank, everything that she ate. She didn't pay her he didn't pay any attention to the instructions on how to take it. And isn't that crazy? The instructions would have been on the fucking bottle. And then but yeah, and the instructions are right there on the front of the bottle. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure prescriptions came everywhere. But but he just kept on putting it in everything, and I'm just like, and then Shirley went and put extra stuff in her tea right before she passed out. Ridiculous. Had her had her seizure. I'm just like, oh my god. <laughs> so were you a fan of Jean's decision to kick them out? Throwing all his shit out the window was the best thing ever. Throwing the kids, <laughs> throwing the kids out though, that was that was yeah, rather yeah. not okay. Yeah. But but I think uh, I think Patrick's son there did a solid for him to let him stay there for a while. Well, remember that ain't his house. That's the niece's That's house. She's taking care of her man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But but yeah, it's it's just like. That was actually one of my big scenes, actually, was her reaction and and what she did and how more weirding out she's being with the Daniel ghost and everything. But, yeah, it, 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 he should know better. He should have known better. He should have read the instructions if he was going to give her her daily dose of her lithium. She should have had, or he should have had Shirley take, or read the instructions, so throwing three of them in a cup of tea would not be okay. Hmm. Yeah, it's just like, that, that was, yeah. yeah. I agree. That's ridiculous. Because she's smarter than that. Yeah. And Shirley. Shirley is way smarter than that. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. 100%. <laughs> okay. So, my last what the hell. I mean, given what happened afterwards, it's, it's kind of, uh, <laughs> it, it kind of got resolved in a decent way. But I want to mention it because I just thought it was eye roll inducing at the time. Uh, I think Sharon was talking about, she had to have been talking to Callum uh, in this moment um, because I think he was talking with her about um, difficulties with Ben and trying to get a read for if she knew anything about that warehouse job uh, that went down. And Sharon opened up her mouth to say the words, being loved by a Mitchell man is worth giving up everything for. Yeah. And I was just like, I was like, that's gross out moment. If it was if it was Ben of before, then yeah. Well, I actually wasn't even thinking in terms of Ben, which is ridiculous. I was thinking in terms of Phil. I was like, I, when she said that, I said, oh, you talking about Grant? <laughs> yes, like, you're totally talking about Grant, right? <laughs> I was like, girl, stop. I mean, I mean, that the line should have bred being loved by a tailor man is worth giving up everything for Hello Keanu. <laughs> Let's keep yeah. it real. <laughs> Because that's what she did. <laughs> if, if that were the case, she could have just, you know, said, screw running the Vic and go finding Keanu and, and, and raising their child together. And, you know, Phil depressing himself over being an idiot because, you know, he, you know, he gave up Sharon and then he'd say, I've been off the drink for six years. Fuck this. Hmm. Get a drink. And then, and then, you know. It would be the opposite way around. <laughs> it's just like Linda would be helping him. <laughs> but, you know, that's not how the cookie crumbles. Well. Yeah. She redeemed herself in the end, but in the moment I was like, girl, you're on that bullshit. <laughs> yeah. You're on that bullshit. All right, baby girl. Hit us up with your other uh, scenes of the week. So we got your love for Jean. What else you got? I, I do have my love for Jean. Mm -hmm. But I also have my love for some Ruby and Martin. Yes, guns. <laughs> I don't care how pissed off Stacy gets when she gets back. Because Martin is dating her best friend. I love the fact that she broke up with Max. Because he didn't like the whole open relationship thing. Let's be fair. Her, her, her and Martin ain't going to be no open relationship. Mm -hmm. I don't care what she says. <laughs> there, uh, there's an attraction there between the two of them. And no matter what she says about open relationships, neither of them are going to be in no open relationship. There's going to be feelings there. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it's just like... The playful flirting and and him walking up to Ian and saying I quit was probably the most enjoyable thing I've ever seen happen to Ian in a long time. Besides the daddy stuff. <laughs> it's just like, 
Yeah, I'm I'm all for the I'm all for the Martin working in the bar, getting closer, them getting closer, them having talks, them having little flirts. I can't wait when we get back and we finally get to figure out what's gonna happen between them because that is just good. <laughs> yes. Very good. <laughs> I have uh, Ruby's blonde ambition <laughs> down <laughs> as my scene of the week. Because I mean, look, as soon as Ruby started going on and on about a blonde, I was just like, it's going to be a dude. Like, Max, what you doing? Like, he was really hyping himself up. I need to get in a menage a today. And he has this big, giant grin on his face the entire episode just to learn that it's some guy named Chris. You know, I will I will give Eastenders this because they kind of they kind of surprised me. I was expecting a Ken doll. I wasn't expecting a brother with blonde tips. I was like, oh okay. <laughs> and then he was gay at that. I was like, all right, go ahead on Eastender. <laughs> yeah, I, I was just like, good on her for finding someone who is cute, but in an average way, gay. And black. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yes, I agree wholeheartedly with quote unquote blonde ambition. <laughs> I put little quotes around that too for reference. And how sweet was it that Max was kind of like, you know, I'm cool with the open relationship thing, but just not with that guy. And Ruby was like, but I want him, so we're bringing up uh, bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right, sis. <laughs> Yes, like, uh, are you telling me I can't hang out with my friends anymore? Okay, bitch, bye. <laughs> I, I've, she's had to grow on me, because, you know, she was kind of being messy at the beginning. Uh, yeah, she but, was my favorite person, but she's growing on me yeah, really. Yeah, she has been on it. And, and these, these last couple weeks, like, girlfriend was fire. Like, she was making all the best decisions, so... Yeah, I'm very interested in seeing what goes down between her and Morton. And, of course, when uh, Stacy comes back, it's going to be yeah. a goddamn mess. The thing that I that really got me about her in the beginning was how much she was with Stacy. Mm -hmm. So, having her ex-husband as a significant other could definitely make this a lot better since they will likely not see each other as often which was what kind of killed her for me when she first started on the show her storyline was good but she was not mm. <laughs> that that was my initial thing when she first came on i'm like who the hell is this and then they explained who it was and how she was involved or, or and how she was involved with the community and then it was just like uh, yeah, okay. And then you learn she's best friend with Stacy, and that just killed it for me. Because while Stacy was one of my favorite people when I first started watching, she slowly started to deteriorate a little bit with, you know, her 87 kids and her mismatched choice and boyfriends. Mm. But it's just like, I can't wait to see what happens when she comes back, you know, 
we know she is, we just don't know when, because she's been trying to get a hold of, you know, with the lies and everything, because she's spouting to her and everything. It's just like, yeah, she's going to be back sooner than we think. <laughs> she might be if it wasn't for this dumbass pandemic. <laughs> if it wasn't for the stupid lockdown. That's okay. When the show comes back, she's going to be back pretty quick after, I think. Cross fingers, baby. <laughs> Cross fingers. Because, yeah, she's going she's gonna to be walking into a very dramatic situation. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. All right. So, my final scene of the week is a bit of a shocker to me. I actually totally enjoyed Ben's extra special episode. Me too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> EastEnders did a good job with it. I didn't know it was coming. Uh, you know, I don't do spoilers. But I could tell from the way it was shot initially. I was like, I feel like this is going to be a special episode. Um, but I liked the way that they showed how Ben is um, having difficulties with his hearing. And it reminded me a lot of an episode of Switched at Birth where the entire episode, well, like 90% of the episode, uh, was uh, in the perspective of uh, people that are deaf. So the audience watching the show couldn't hear. Um, you were seeing signs, and I think at some places they had uh, captions. I don't, I don't know that they did for the whole show, but it was interesting and a, and a very wise way to show kind of what the experience is for individuals that uh, have difficulties with their hearing. And I think EastEnders, strangely, I wouldn't expect that, but they mix that with the weird gangster stuff, which can annoy me, usually with Ben does, but the way it all came together uh, was really good. Yeah. I thought the location was good. The episode was serious enough. They were in real danger. Like the fact that yeah. that, that uh, Phil bot, you know, pulled the trigger of that gun, bursting, uh, you know, old dude's eardrum uh, to, you know, prove a point to feel like, what? Like, that was really serious. I, I just thought it all came together very well. So, uh, kudos for that. Yeah, you, you thought the same? Yeah, and I, I, was, I was sitting there thinking, I'm like, so I'm sitting here watching this Ben episode, and I'm not watching, and I'm not wanting to skip to the next one. Right. <laughs> I mean, like, it's because my my thing was, was you'd think with the hearing aid he had in, it wouldn't be as bad as it was. Like, like I, I don't know how hearing aids work, and, and I think it was cool that he picked up a few words every little bit, but I thought there was, like, a little button or something you could press to change the frequency on the on the hearing aid so that you can hear what people are saying. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that because my granddad's deaf and I was just like mm. sitting there thinking I was going off of his hearing aid. So I don't know if that's how it goes anymore. But I was just like sitting there thinking, yeah, there's a button for that in there that you could change the frequency. But the fact that they didn't made the episode also well because you see him picking up just a few words and you hear him picking up the words that he or that only he wants to hear 
like he only catches like half of the sentence that Lola's screaming at him and uh, you know just just like random little things like he hears little things that Callum says but he hears the love you but he misses another half of the sentence and I like that they had like all the words that he didn't miss on the screen mm-hmm. could you know understand what he was going through and trying that was cool uh, it was just a really well done episode and I really enjoyed it which for a not this Ben Ben fan <laughs> it, it, it was it was a nice change it was like the Al episode of Emmerdale I don't like Al I liked him in that episode it was just really really good and I liked it yep for once, I don't have a negative thing to say about men, so we will mark this moment in time. <laughs> and then we'll go back in a few months. Exactly. Then <laughs> we'll go back to hating him again. <laughs> 100%. We could just go back to watching the classic episodes and see which ones they show. I am not skewing backwards. I'm doing a Barack Obama. We do not look backwards. We only look forwards. <laughs> And with that, I am at Brother Sue. And I am at Lindsay Amanda. Thank you guys so much for listening. Until next time, Sasawa Candy. <laughs> Bye, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> have, a have a good month, y'all. <laughs> this sounds so good. What can I do? <laughs>